That scene where they after they sleep together and it's the four of them yeah. and I just I watch that and just go that is a masterclass it's so perfectly written all of the characters the way they're all turning to each other quite like all the callbacks like I think I'm coming down with something like there's so many catchphrases in just one film this is the 85th episode of Flix Watcher welcome everyone hello film fans in our studio today we have Jay hi Joe <laughs> hello and Kobe. Hi. And we are reviewing the Rob Reiner, Nora Ephron classic, When Harry Met Sally. Yay. <laughs> Come find us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod. Visit the website FlixWatcher.tv for full listings. And don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us an awesome review. So all films were available on Netflix at a time recording, guys. Just as a bit of a warning, there is some bad language and there will be spoilers. You have been warned. Hello and welcome to this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast. We have today in our studio, Joe and Jay. If you would like to tell the listeners about the podcast that you do, please. Yes, um, we are podcasters who go under the name Jodgecast. Um, and that's is, actually your like intro as well, isn't it? Yeah, I, I somehow always seem to do this weird George cast. Um, don't know where it, it came from. Quite sinister. It's yeah. pretty creepy. It is. <laughs> yeah, Joe jo seems to think it's yeah a thing that I should do. But yeah. Oh, it's me. <laughs> it's, probably, it's definitely it's definitely me. Um, but yeah, we're two screenwriters who talk about film, TV, uh, a little bit of music, politics, and we try and come at it from a writing angle. So when we're looking into uh, new films or old films or whatever we yeah we kind of drill down a little bit into the nitty-gritty behind what makes a screenplay and you've guested I, i've guested on uh, one episode you do a series called state of the sitcom we do yeah is uh, that coming that's that coming back yeah we've got season two coming up probably going to be beginning of next year uh, so beginning of 2019 2019 as, so depending on when we put these out yeah so we we kind of look at the whole history of sitcoms from I Love Lucy up to The Good Place and beyond. Mm -hmm. And we've had some great guests on there, like Kobe himself. Uh, and yeah, we've got other, some other big, we've had the Wine and Crime podcast and some other big podcasts. And yeah, we're coming back and we've got some very well-known classic 90s sitcoms coming up, which mm. I think might have been on Netflix at some point. <laughs> uh, so yeah, get ready Is for one that of them one. friends. It, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm alluding to. <laughs> yeah, we talked about it. But, um, yeah, that's going to be an interesting one. We, um, 20, 2018 Friends is, is quite a, quite an interesting watch. Yeah, we've, well, we've said I, that a few I, times, I haven't we? I thought Friends was crap anyway, so yeah. I'm one, not surprised. One of the few. But, I mean, what in terms of the... What have you uncovered so far in your state of the sitcom? Because um, there seems to be a really good, like, kind of big resurgence with sitcoms nowadays, with things like The Good Place, but also... For me, animated sitcoms, The Big Mouth and yeah. and Rick and, Horseman, and Rick and yeah. Morty. Um, what are your thoughts on the the era that we're in? I think it's a great era. I'm really excited about it. I didn't realise how big a sitcom person I was until yeah. we started looking into the State of the Sitcom po podcast thing. And um, I, I, it's really nice because every new one that comes out feels like it's subverting it in a whole new way. Mm -hmm. And that's really fun because we kind of all got to the point where we all knew the rules. And so it's nice to see what them broken. The yeah. <laughs> that's another sitcom. <laughs> so, yeah, for, I mean, at the moment, my I don't, I don't like to say favourites, but the one that stands out to me at the moment is The Good Place. Yeah. And that should not, that should, for me, that should be like the worst sitcom ever. It shouldn't it's on, work. It's on, it's on, it's on NBC. It's with Kristen Bell, who I didn't like at all before mm -hmm. before The Good Place. O apart from the fact that Dan, uh, sorry, Dan, Ted Danson's on there, that had no real appeal for me. But you just watched it. For me, every single episode is like, holy fuck, how are you... How are they doing? Yeah. yeah. I'm exactly the same. I should not enjoy it, but it somehow <laughs> keeps best. me going, keeps, <laughs> keeps me laughing. You took quite a lot of convincing to watch that one. Yeah. <laughs> but then like also something like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which when it started, I just wasn't interested I at really, all. I really got into that. It's, yeah, I totally sucked in now and just like why, why would you cancel it it's brilliant it's really adapted it's, it's grown well that's Michael Schur again isn't it, it is Michael we do we do like a bit of Michael Schur I do have issues with Brooklyn Nine-Nine though because in the same way the first couple of seasons of Parks and Rec was so oh, focused on 
on Leslie Nope. It just forgets. You didn't. You have all these other characters like Nick Hoffman and you know everyone else. I think this, I find that um, Brooklyn Nine Nine is too focused on Andy Samberg when you have got Andre Brauer. Yeah. Um, or like Chelsea Pret every time she's on screen it's fucking brilliant she's amazing and I, I just don't think they have enough I think it's too much on him which kind of irritates like me a bit early community as well like yeah. and, and this is the type of thing we were uncovering on State of the Sitcom is how many there are like you just forget because with all the TV like we like watching drama as well and so you just miss so many sitcoms and going back and finding something like Community or It's Always Sunny or something mm. there's so many great sitcoms out there and yeah, finding out what's good and what's not so good. And then, like, it takes a lot of commitment before you can ascertain whether it is actually kind of for you or not. Anyway. Yeah, like, I really did not like Parks and Rec for three seasons. <laughs> and then I went, oh, I kind of get it for two seasons. And then it's rubbish again. But <laughs> that's just me. Well, I guess from sitcoms to rom coms. Nice segue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your choice, Jay. So, uh, can you give us a two-minute synopsis and then tell us why you chose it? When Harry Met Sally is a film about relationships. I feel, and specifically, the growth of a relationship between the titular characters, Harry and Sally. But then, actually, it's about the people and how that relationship affects everyone around them. And I think the big question is: Can like this question, this rom-com asks that a lot don't, is can women, men and women be friends? I mean, it's a little bit straight-focused of that it's only really asking can straight cis men and women be friends? It doesn't really worry itself about any other questions at all. Mm. But yeah, it's, it's really kind of boiling down into these two characters meeting throughout their lives and whether they can be friends or whether they are something more and the whole concept of love itself. Nice. How many times have we got, have you seen this film, guys? Go around the table. Two for me. Okay. Seven or eight? Yeah, probably about five. Yeah, I think I'm in, I'm in the five kind of region. Yeah, yeah I, I just think it's quite nice to see where people, especially like eighties films. Um, we've had a couple recently, Midnight Run for myself and like Into the Night, where when we were growing up in the eighties, you either saw a film like Never or you saw it like all the time. Exactly. Um, <laughs> this was a never for me. Like, this was a never for you. So you saw this, you came to this quite late, did you? Yeah, it, literally within the last 12 months. Okay. And it's really interesting because I think it's kind of why I chose it is I should not like this film. If you asked a 17-year-old Jay, Jay Taylor, um, <laughs> whether he wants to watch When Harry Met Sally, absolutely like, I no, I want to watch Evil Dead, I want to watch American Werewolf in London, I want to watch something else. And then I saw it and I just, there's something in it that is completely not what I expected. And that's what I found really interesting about this film. And I think that's quite, for something that you would have um, ideally seen when you were younger to make that kind of impact on you and, and it had an impact in sorry, later life. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Thanks so, <laughs> <laughs> so old. Yep, really feeling that. <laughs> Um, so it gives kind of a nice allusion to the kind of scores you're going to give it but also I don't think I saw this when it wasn't was eighty. like you say it would have been can I watch Ghostbusters instead please because this is about two women two people kissing mm. yeah um, which wasn't on my radar can I see twins please yeah <laughs> <laughs> what were your can thoughts Helen when, when did you first watch When High Met so I think I must have watched this maybe um Mid mid nineties, I think. Okay, yeah. So you were fifty, like teens. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a little bit younger. Was it one of those things you people had said to you, like you should, or you just always knew about it but never got around to um, watching it? I, I think like Empire gave it like five stars or something. It was on my list of films to watch, something yeah. like that. And um, I would have been a big Meg Ryan fan then, anyway. But this was the Meg Ryanist of Meg Ryan, wasn't? It? Or you think it's Top Gun or? Um, well, for me, it would have been um, oh, the one she did with Tom Hanks. Sleepless in Seattle. No, before You've got then. mail. Was one. there one they did before? Am I thinking of something else? I don't know. I'll come back to you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joe, you've seen, it, you've seen it a few times. Yeah, uh, so I reckon I probably first saw it probably when it like came to video. I yep. think my mum probably rented it and I was like I'm watching this too I'm, I'm eight I'm old enough for this <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I didn't really get it at the time because I think I was just too young to really understand a lot of the jokes and things. Um, but yeah, I've watched it sort of probably sporadically, let's say a couple of times, in, maybe in my teens. And then, yeah, I've watched it quite a bit recently because um, it's quite comforting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, in a weird way. Because I, there are, I know there are obviously some issues with it. But, um, but yeah, and I, 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 where was I going with that? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I've, I've, I've uh, come back to be in my 30s and I get it now. Yeah. Which is something. I think that's the thing. When I, I can't remember when I first watched it, but I'm sure I just didn't understand like half the jokes. hadn't been in any relationship before. Yeah. And I think it does take that bit of experience maybe to... to ground it for you or just like you said about Ghostbusters I used to watch that film I had no idea of the amount of sex jokes and in Ghostbusters all the kind of things they touch on and it would have been like this you would have watched this film and just gone oh it's the funny scene where I don't think you would have had the it would have been oh he's doing a pecan pie voice yeah Yeah, I like that bit (laughs) that's the one bit for me (laughs) Joe versus the volcano Joe versus the volcano is that that a good film oh so I remember watching when I was a kid and it just didn't hit me. It might be like this. It might be like When Harry Met Sally. Ah. I don't think it's their best. Yeah. No. Because I, I think this was just, it was, I would have watched it because of Tom Hanks rather than Meg Ryan. Um, coming off, which was before that, this was the, uh, Joe vs. Volcano or Burbs. That was one of my favourite films. Oh, as a kid. Yeah. I think they were about the same time. The Burbs might have been a, bit, a little bit earlier. Yeah. Um, Interestingly, Tom Hanks was offered the role of Harry. Oh, really? And mm. um, what did he say? He said no, because okay. it was too shallow, I think he said. Uh, I mean, he is kind of shallow at the start. Mm. Yeah. So I couldn't imagine anyone else in really this role. Rude, it? no. it's, it's, it just makes you remember how great Billy Crystal is. And he kind of looks a little bit like Mark Ruffalo with hair. <laughs> Apart from I, in the eight little bit on the plane where he's doing this weird comb over thing. I think that's a quite generous to Billy Crystal. <laughs> <laughs> Is he not a good looking guy? Is that what you say? I never said those words. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to, you know, I can't imagine anyone of our age now not liking this film, especially coming off yourself, Jay, saying you haven't, you haven't seen it until the last twelve months, and you're. I think like there's so many films where I come to and with guesting on podcasts like this, we're doing podcasts ourselves, we do have to rewatch a classic. And so often I'm rewatching it going, hmm. Why is this a classic? And I was, I instantly love this film. I don't know why. I'd never seen it. And it's so rare to kind of watch something that I knew all the references from The Simpsons, as with everything, mm-hmm. you know, every reference of any film from The Simpsons. I knew all the scenes. I'd seen the bloody Channel 4 countdowns where they show the Meg Ryan scenes and stuff. So I shouldn't have, enjoyed it but it was totally different to what I expected and that's the thing I think well I think the, the reason it's so good is because it's Rob Reiner and Nora Ephron kind of at their height and it's yeah. just so well written and it's one of those really rare romantic comedies or kind of films from the 80s that is still as good and is not uncomfortable because we've mentioned Sleepers in Seattle that film is awful she's a she's like this crazy stalker and a lot of the concepts of what were romantic comedies viewed through 2018 eyes mm. are not particularly romantic nope. and quite scary. And this is a rare one in that it's it's exactly the same now. Yeah. It's steeped in truth from the from the start. You know, they've both left college. Yep. They've got no experience in life. Like, well... We're not going to be friends because uh, men and women can't be friends, and that's what he probably genuinely thought at the yeah. time when when they met. And I love how they go through this kind of just meandering relationship of like really being cool and just hanging out, and then this one day there is that kind of oh shit, there is there is something there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to spice. What do you guys make of those those uh, couples on the on the sofa? I, I love, love those. <laughs> <laughs> you did literally well up this when we watched I, this. Yeah, I find I find them really um, heartwarming for a film where the sort of personality is a lot of people kind of um, being quite self-involved mm-hmm. and um, you know there's, there's a you know certain kind of um, edge to everybody, um, which I love. Don't get me wrong, I don't want that to sound negative. I I, I do like this film, um, but I really love how 
honest and sweet all those stories are. Mm. And I know I know that the people actually on the couches are actors they're like verbatim shows sort of thing but the way that they've got that kind of like chiming in like they're telling each other stories it's just super cute I think it's a really nice storytelling idea but I didn't know they were actors first time it was only because of in- investigating but I would have been totally like yep they're off the street in New York they're, they're, not, real. they're real Um. so what are we thoughts on it? high level thoughts guys before getting to I mean for me like one of the reasons I picked it is it's so Something I picked up on watching it a second time is you were saying it's Nora Ephron and Rob Reiner at their peak. It's also, it is Nora Ephron and Rob Reiner. Like she was a fussy eater that used to take 10, 15 minutes to order her meals. He was a grumpy pessimist who literally would read the last page of a book in case he died before he, like Mm. so much of it is true to life. And then I was watching some of the scenes like where they're in the car and going, this is a stand-up. This is a. This sounds like a Billy Crystal stand-up routine. The problem with when you're having a meal with a girl, like, yeah. it's so. You could have given that material to Eddie Murphy or someone else in the '80s, and they would have done it in a different way, but it would have worked because it's just true. And that's why I feel it wouldn't have worked in the same way with Tom Hanks because no. he's a he's a funny guy. He's an actor. Yeah, yeah. but Billy Crystal's like I love. I don't think I've seen many Billy Crystal stand-up, but every yeah. time I see him do something, it's great, and I think oh, I don't need to see more Billy Crystal. Exactly. Um, yeah. Well, I've I've got loads more before we go to the score. So yeah. um, <laughs> go go go. I mean, reasons why this film is great. It's set in New York, <laughs> and they love that it's set in New York. Like they yep. make it. It yep. looks it's like part a, of the it film. Beautiful. Like, it looks like <laughs> a tourist video almost. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we've got some pictures up. I mean, they're walking through Central Park, and it looks great. Um, obviously, you know, you can go to it's Katz's Diner, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Yep. You can you can go there. They've um, even got the sign there yep. where Harry Met Sally was filmed. They have cool mm-hmm. rooftop parties next to the Empire yeah, State Building. Of course. Wow. You know, um, the apartment, everything. What's that Marble Archie place where they, um, where they, where she drops Harry off? Oh, what is the name of that? We'll call it Marble Arch. <laughs> the Marble Arch. The New York Marble Arch. <laughs> Someone um, tell us what that's yeah. called. Um, the soundtrack. So you, you'll end up singing oh, the songs. Louis They're Armstrong. all kind of, you know, classic old-timey songs. Um, jumpers. There's some great jumpers in this. <laughs> jumpers. Um, Meg Rhymes' wardrobe in this is fantastic. What she wears the first time. Those the shorts. Kind of short yeah. <laughs> what is that? The, the shorts. Yeah. What is that? Um, I, I like some of his yeah. styling. I'm, I'm definitely taking some of his, his cardigans. Yeah, I'm, and... I love all of her clothes and Meg Ryan is so adorable in this. Mm. I think she's absolutely amazing in it. Um, what else have we got? Um, Carrie Fisher. Carrie yeah, Fisher, yep. She's you're on there. Right, you're Carrie right. Fisher. No, you're right. <laughs> Every time um, she's on screen, I'm just... All over, I'm on the floor. Just, I think she's brilliant in this. Brilliant. It references Casablanca. So any film that, you know, references I, Casablanca gets points. It picked up, it was quite a few. It was Lady Vanishes, Casablanca, and I think it was Metropolis. Like, there was quite a few classic films mentioned at each decade. And it was like, there's a, there's a nice through line here of film lover. Um, it's really, really funny. Yeah. Um, the, the bit that you made a woman meow. <laughs> it's really funny. Um, the the split screen while they're both watching the yeah. film and on the phone is just a really it's a classic now from that. It must be lovely from... thing. Pecan pie. Yeah, it's Pecan quote pie. it's quotable. You're a human affront to all women. I love that. <laughs> That's just lovely. And yeah, it's just great. And it's also it's a really 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 great film about friendship because their best friends are their best friends, and you know that's a really great relationship. Uh, it's kind of interesting because you are a little bit to the end going, well, kind of, well, maybe they might not get together. There's yeah. always that element of, you know, maybe it won't, maybe... Well, that's it how it was won't. written at, at the start. Because as, as, as Joe was saying, um, Rob Reiner kind of changed the ending because he was out of a relationship at the time. And then towards, whilst filming, he got back into, got into a relationship and thought, yeah, I'm actually, let's, let's make this ending happy. Uh, and that's that's literally what did it. But you could like it could almost be one of those adventure games like where you click the right button near the end because I could perfectly happily watch them not get together. Yeah, yeah. And I could ha- happily watch them get to- like it. It's not many films do that where you genuinely would be happy either way. There's the fo- the scene where they're singing in the shop with the karaoke, <laughs> karaoke machine, <yeah. laughs> and he bumps into his ex. The Mom- Pictionary. 
I, I love the Pictionary game. Was it ba- ba- <laughs> baby fish, baby fish baby mouth? Fish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, all the kids are saying little baby fish mouth. Um, there's just so many great, great things about this. I yeah. It's, it's, I mean, the dialogue in this film is it's so incredible. sharp, isn't it? Yeah, it's you. You find out so much about the characters from very little time. Mm. Um, right, in the first five minutes, you, you know so much about them, and it's so. Uh, what's the word? Eloquent mm. and efficient in its storytelling. I think it's it's a masterclass in in dialogue and snappy stuff. I really loved like the first few interactions that they have. And straight off the straight off the bat, they you know he's he's spitting grapes out the window. I've written it's down the really grapes. Funny yeah. as well. I love that. Um, and just straight into like almost it's almost like a character assassination on her. Mm. Um, but he's I think he's just being like you know typical cocky. I I've just finished college. This is my life. I'm you know I'm here to take on the world. Through to the next time when he meets her in the in the airport, and initially kind of like I know you from somewhere, but I can't twig. To hey, did we? Uh, <laughs> is that how I know you? <laughs> uh, and that that kind of like just general cocky discourse, I get. I, I love that. I love that. Um, and she gives as good as she gets as well in yes. in this, which is fantastic. Well, she asks him out on a date, like the first date that she, I'm sure she's she's the one that actually asks him to go for dinner and stuff. Like it's so often like um, like Helen was saying, of everything's a bit seedy, and either the woman's crazed lunatic or the man is doing something like we watched about time a few years back mm. and really enjoyed it and then suddenly realized oh my god he's going back and gaslighting he's like he's, he's, like manipulating. he's manipulating her it's really dark um so many of those ps so i many. love you yeah like just i'm gonna stalk you from the grave, the grave. Like, time traveler's wife i'm gonna go back and oh just weird but this is about you know them meeting and she's constantly on the same level as him. She's always talking and yeah, her dialogue is just as smart and uh, solid as his. It's not kind of one up and one down. It's, yeah. yeah, it's just... I mean, the orgasm scene, for example, is is the all-time classic and that's coming off the back of him saying, yeah, we, yeah, she had a good time. How do you know? And that just turned into the scene where it's like, oh, I don't... <laughs> women fake their orgasms, do they? <laughs> <laughs> and the classic line, I'll have what she's having. Yes. Um, I'm sure they must be so annoyed at the cat sister right now. <laughs> there must be some kind of prize to give to people. There must be at least someone once a month does the orgasm scene. Probably once a day. Yeah. <laughs> Worked that long enough. <laughs> what do you guys make of Carrie Fisher and, and Bruno Kirby in this? I thought these were good supporting characters. Great. Mm. I love Carrie Fisher in this. I think she's hilarious. There's one particular moment when um, the third time that Harry and Sally meet in the bookstore... And uh, Sally's there with Carrie Fisher's character, yeah. whose name escapes me. Um, and she's already like halfway down the stairs and out yeah. by the time that she's right. better to introduce her. Just, it gets me every time. I think she's brilliant in this. Bruno Kirby, I think, um, kind of gets a bit of a raw end in terms of a character, like his, like, as an actor playing a character, because Billy Crystal is, yes, doing a very kind of stand-up-y routine thing. So he kind of doesn't, get that much to do because mm. he's just kind of reacting to Billy Crystal. Whereas with Sally, you know, she, the whole point is that she's kind of counteracting him. I feel like Bruno Kirby's character is a little bit like... Underplayed. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's, I yeah. think that's, you know... But then I also think like that scene where they, after they sleep together and it's the four of them yeah. and mm-hmm. I just, I watch that and just go, that is a masterclass. It's so perfectly written. All of the characters, the way they're all turning to each other quite like, all the callbacks, like, I think I'm coming down with something. Like, there's so many catchphrases in just one film. And I, I yeah, I just had no idea that they were all in one film. Well, yeah, so much of like, of so many lines from this are like massive parts of our, our collective ideas, our, our zeitgeist as such. And I was wondering if like these were all originated in this film or were they already there? Like, I can't work out if this is the, the origin of things like someone being high maintenance yeah I was thinking uh, about this on this rewatch I was trying to think I couldn't think of it what is the film where they get married and either like the best man gives the groom the speech from when Harry met Sally for his wedding wedding speech and he thinks this is a great speech and doesn't realise it's from when Harry met Sally 
Um, but know. obviously the, the bride does and she's like, my husband didn't, you didn't write this. This is the speech from... It's really know. annoying me because I don't know what that is. there is a film <laughs> where that happens. So if, any, if anyone listening goes, yes, I know sir. what the film is, please tell me because it's been driving me insane. I'm not that up on rom-coms, so... <laughs> <laughs> But I want to be after this. Like. <laughs> I thought I was, but I don't recognise that one, I'm afraid. <laughs> but this is the problem. This is the problem with rom-coms. They're not... Very few of them are When Harry Met Sally. Yeah. That's, and that's that's the problem. This really is the benchmark. Yeah. Like. Um, a lot of them kind of... Uh, they they failed to stick the landing. Kind of come close. Annie Hall. Yeah. I think is probably yeah. on par. I really enjoy Crazy Stupid Love. That's very good. Yeah. That's very strong. Um... Yeah. Surprisingly so. I'm like, no, oh, let's watch Crazy Stupid Love again. Why not? <laughs> is that Julie Roberts? No, no, no. it's... Um, Steve Carell, isn't Steve it? Carell, Ryan oh, okay. Gosling, no, Emma Stone. That. It's one of those Stone Gosling's oh, combos. Stone Gosling. Yeah. Don't worry, it's in our watch list. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. recommended. Yeah. Right. You'll be surprised. Yeah. But yeah, I think Annie Hall and this are quite... Sim- in Both in the... New York thing. Very New York, very witty, but also a very particular New York in the same way that a lot of people watching Notting Hill by Richard Curtis or Four Weddings will go, I don't know their London. That is definitely not the London I know. It's, yeah, that it's, is not the size of an average apartment. <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of got this, if you go to New York, or if you, definitely if you went to New York at that time, I don't think it would be quite true to life in terms of... Yeah, five, years, of, five years after college, you've got a massive, massive apartment. Massive <laughs> And the, the rug the size of a fucking football pitch. Like, I was like, what is that rug? But um, yeah, it, it just, it did enough for me to kind of make me realise this is, if this is the genre, then I am really want to embrace more that's done to this level. But Kobe's making me realise there's probably not that many more. Well, we have a, we had a previous guest, Elizabeth Sankey, Sankles, mm. at Sankles on Twitter, who's writing, oh, she, she's doing a documentary on rom-coms at the moment. So nice. when that comes out, we, yeah, we'll, we'll tweet that because I'll be, I'll be interested. Because for me, it's always, it's been a kind of genre which mm. I like the concept, but generally like the last third tends to wane a lot and irritate me. Um, yeah. And I think this, like this did so much to start Meg Ryan who basically took over the 90s with Julia Roberts of every big rom-com. character. And I think, like, talking about Nora Ephron as well, all of them are a bit diminishing returns. Like That's what I was going to say, because uh, when she died, it was it was like a lot of people, you know, super quoted as, like, one of the best female yeah. screenwriters uh, ever. But looking down the list, I don't think... I think I've only seen When Harry Met Sally, and the rest of the ones I haven't seen because... I've heard they're not that good. And you sleeps in Seattle is one that Helen said there. Uh, uh, you've mean, got mail. It's, just, it's a, just a very bizarre concept. Mm. Um, I mean, if you haven't seen it, it's probably interesting to watch now. Um, I mean, I'm, I think I remembered enjoying it because it was Tom Hanks. That's the one where the, the kids, his, Tom Hanks' dad, uh, son, um, sets him up with Meg Ryan. Isn't the little kid really annoying in it? The kid basically phones into this radio show saying that he wants to find a girlfriend for his dad because his mum's died. And then Meg Ryan basically stalks him (laughs) and then meets him at the top of the Empire State and, hey, they're in love. Love. And there's this one, Michael, which is... <laughs> John Travolta's I mean, yeah, an angel. I, yeah. I'm ashamed to say that I've seen this a couple of times during I mean, the 90s. What's it like? Um, it's not great, no. no. <laughs> does, that, does that photo, not, the poster of it, just makes me go, who wants this sums film? Up, it sums up the film really yeah. well, this actually. Is, uh, <laughs> so this is in between, like, Look Who's Talking and Pulp Fiction. This is yeah. the downtime John of John Travolta's yeah. career. I, mean, I, I can recommend some good romantic comedies. No, I'm talking yeah. Nora Ephron specifically. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, no. I mean, I think I've seen You've Got Mail, but I mean, that's already dated. So, yeah, oh, it, yeah. we, we watched it fairly recently and it uh, is another so dated. Meg Ryan, I quite like City of Angels. I don't, which, don't think I've seen that. Did she write that? No. Oh. But we're on but Meg yeah, Ryan. Meg Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> no, she didn't. But Keep that's <laughs> that's sort of a remake of another film that I can't remember the name of. Mm. Um, it's got Nicholas Cage in it. It has. On quite normal, yeah. quite dialed down form. Yeah, I remember that. I think it was the Goo Goo Dolls did the soundtrack. Yeah, it did. The song, yeah. 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 Classic 1999. <laughs> yeah. Right, should we head on to the scores, guys? And see yeah. how these scores I mean, are going to go. Because I think I could just talk, there's so much to talk about, but yeah, scores-wise it's good. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So these are uh, FlixWatcher scores. They are all out of five. You can have decimal places if you wish. Um, and we will start with you, Jay, as you picked it with the recommendability. I mean, it's going to be a five. I was, yeah, it's, I can't, I can't not pick a five if... The minute I watched this, I instantly fell in love with it and wanted to almost watch it again. Um, so yeah, I kind kind of definitely on a very 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 strong five there. Um, I think I'd probably go with a let's say four point seven. You're so conservative. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, that, that's, no one's ever said that about me. No, <laughs> um, like just because. Um, I really like it and I have recommended it to people. I do think it's really good. But it it is of very much of its time as well. So if you're kind of coming at it completely fresh in 2018, it's good. It's really good and it does stand up for the most part. Mm. But it's also... I don't know if if I hadn't ever seen it before now. I know you have, Jay. <laughs> but I mean, I find that interesting. I do. Um, but I... I I don't know if I would recommend it to everybody, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I thought, I was quite, sorry, 4.7 you, you're going for. Yeah. Um, I, on this re, on this rewatch, I was picking up a few things which I thought were a bit like, oh, that's a bit, you wouldn't get that now. Like when um, it's all about ladies being single in the, in the 80s was like the worst thing that was ever could happen oh, to yeah. you. And I found that kind of off-putting and, you know, Carrie Fisher's character having like a Rolodex of single people to try and set her up with. That was kind of the thing you wouldn't get nowadays. And I did just um, check now to see if it passed the Bechdel test, and which it did do. Because I was one of those things, I was like, is this... Not that the Bechdel test is the true divining no, but... rod, but it's still kind of interesting. And it does it does pa- pass the, the Bechdel test. I'm surprised, actually. Yeah, it does I feel like they were always the, talking about... Always talking about men, yeah. 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 Interesting. Oh. So, so it does. So it's not just when the girls are talking, ladies are talking. It's not just about the guys. There is mm. some of the. Um, so I was, okay. I was pleasantly surprised because I thought, yeah, I'm not sure it's quite up to speed. Um, Helen, it's got to be a five. I'm so enjoyed watching this again. <laughs> I just think it's probably the, the best romantic comedy ever made. Yeah, it's yeah. it's. I just really enjoy it. I think it's great. If you haven't seen it. Um, then, um, I mean, it's. I watched it on New Year's Eve one year. Mm. Yeah, it's a great film to watch on New Year's Eve. Yeah, it's well, we, that's what we did this year. Yeah, we watched it on New Year's Eve. Made some food at home. It is festive, isn't it? Yeah. It's it definitely... ends at New Year's Eve as well, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, nice. But also, so many people do that thing of this is the best such and such of all time, and normally I'm like, hmm, hmm. I'll, yeah, I'll give it that. Like, I, I genuinely don't think there's anything that comes close. And. Uh, I, I get what you're saying about that, but kind of the way that they're doing it and how close the friends are, they're kind of doing it in, not in a bitchy way. Mm. They're more sort of uh, in a kind of New York way and like, there's like, oh, you, you'll find someone, it'll be fine. Yeah. Da, da, da. I'm not offended. I'm as, not, as, I'm not as offended a by it, but I just, I kind of thought, oh, I need to just... Yeah, I mean, if they if they made it now exactly the same, but with kind of a modern feel, then they probably wouldn't have that. Bit. They wouldn't have the bits. No, no. And I think like talking about the 2018 thing, this because it's such a close. It's literally about two, maybe four people that I don't get that same feeling I do with some films. I'm going, mm, you you kind of should have shown a bit more diversity. You should have shown a bit because it's literally about those four. Yeah, so, I'm, so tight knit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it to the point where, like, even if they're like shopping for books or something, even then no they're looking thinks. at self-help books. Like, yeah. everything is about them. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that great line when they're in the bookshop where it's you as someone's looking at you over in personal growth or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. Um, I'm going for a four point eight on this. Nice. Yeah. Um, I can't. Not quite Back to the Future then. Not quite Back to the Future. My my. What is I know. Yeah, your ben- mm-hmm. benchmark. Benchmark is. 
I mean, um, it's, yeah, it's up there. Why did I lose points? And I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I think the... I think I was... I, I can't remember. I'll come back to that. Um, repeat viewing score. Jay, you've seen it twice in 12 months. Yeah, I know. I mean, that kind of says it. For, for the first time. I'm, I'm going to go for a five because <laughs> I literally said, as we finished watching it that first time, I could watch it again. It's also... It's on Netflix. It's 90 minutes. And when we saw that yesterday... 135. Um, it wasn't yesterday, but when we watched it, and I just was like, oh, oh, great. We can... You can just fit it in. It's not like it's it's a lovely thing to just stick on and go. Yeah, we got got two hours before the parents are coming down or something. And you just I don't know. I don't know. Just coming up with <laughs> coming a, up with a typical a, scenario when the you're sat there and you're down. like, well, um, how much time we got? <laughs> how many films can we watch before they arrive? Um, <laughs> Let's not tidy up. Let's just watch a film with well, the right length. It's not something to put on before clubbing, is it? Like, um, but yeah, so I, I absolutely just think it's so. We're on repeat, yeah. Five. Repeat viewing, yeah. I'm Sorry, I remember why I, I took it down a couple of notches. It's because I think that, like, the first time I watched it, I just didn't understand why it was good. And I kind of, like I said, there's some comic beats, I was like, okay, that's kind of funny, but it's with experience. So I think if you're a younger person, if you're just, you know, if you're in early yeah. 20s, I don't think you'd get that much out of it, as much out of it as you would do mm. as older people. <laughs> Um, yeah, we're the couples that, you know, yeah. <laughs> talking the in the middle of yeah. <laughs> I remember meeting you. <laughs> yeah. uh, Joe, repeat being school. I mean, I've I've watched this more often than Jay. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm going to definitely be with a five. And actually, to, uh, further to your point, I think I've laughed more each time I've watched it. Mm. Um, I almost feel like I'm in on the joke kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, I, I love watching this film. It's just... It's it's really good film to watch when you're ill as well. Nice, Helen. It's a five. I've seen this loads of times, and I just really, really enjoy it. And like I say, it's only one hour thirty five minutes. Yeah, and yeah, I just love watching it. I was quite surprised because like I, I checked the running time for the first time. I was quite surprised it was so short because they pack a lot of yeah. in there. Uh, maybe it's just the dial is dialogue driven, and you know a lot of things happen in there. But I was like, yeah. It's over like 12 years of their life and it, yeah, you get that feeling. You don't feel like shortchanged. It's it's a lot, yeah, there's a lot in there. My benchmark for like films that, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, for films that um, uh, show a sense of time and pace is Prisoner of Azkaban because you feel like you can really see the seasons <laughs> changing and everything and I get the same feeling with this of like, I really feel like I've grown with mm. them over these 12 years. Uh, yeah, I mean, you have the the juxtaposition of going shopping for Christmas trees with when they're a couple and then yeah. the next time not a couple but they're friends and they're falling out the next time and she's falling over the Christmas trees falling over and she's having yeah. to drag it to the flat by herself and I love the sense of time passing in a, in a more natural way like that rather than the I mean they did have it the five years later kind of thing but um, yeah you don't really need it even necessarily because you can see just from the way they're dressed yeah how, how they are in life and stuff it's, yeah. the, it's the big it kind of picks up on the big moments and the small moments and makes just as much of an, a deal of both of them so New Year's Eve everyone's a big moment yeah. but also picking up a tree or watching a feel like or going to a bookshop yeah it, does, it treats them all in the same way and I think it's got hey it's five five um, it's one of those things it's actually it's a weird thing where it's accelerated my repeat viewing as I get older again going back to the age and understanding and being in, in relationships of a substantial time um I'm sure I saw it a couple of times in the 80s when it first came out and didn't understand the orgasm scene at all. So mm. Why would you? And then when you're like 15, like, <laughs> I know what that means. But then you haven't had the relationships kind of thing. But like, like you're saying, Joe, the, um, you pick up more and you re can relate to more as with experience. I don't want to say age. I've said age. You said age many times, <laughs> Kobe. I mean, I'm oh, yeah. Worry. It's because also they, um, she's like, I'm going to turn 40. Yeah. When? Like in eight years' time, I'm like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm nearly <Damn> <laughs> <laughs> Um Small screen score. Has anyone actually seen this in the cinema? That's why I really struggled on this. Because I only know it, well, me personally, but I also think everyone only knows it on a VHS copy or on TV from sat at home. But, as Helen pointed out earlier, I think it would look amazing on the big screen. Like these massive New York vistas, these... I really want to see it there. So I did knock it down from what would have been a healthy 
high score to a round of four. A round of four or four? It is a four. Joe? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I've only ever seen it on the small screen. From ranging from awful 90, early 90s, terrible old TVs to now. And um, yeah, I, I've been, I've enjoyed it. So I, I think it's got to be, I don't see why it can't be a 4.5, I guess. Because <laughs> there'll be other films that are better. They need to go up to the five level. No, you got to you got to turn up. Yeah. Um, Helen, are you seen it in the cinema? No, sadly not. But I, I used to have it on DVD as well. So yeah. I've only seen it on small TV small size screens, which I think I kind of like it. It just has that really kind of, I feel like they're my friends almost mm. because I've kind of watched them in my own space yeah. and it al almost feels like I'm really close to them. Um, but it there are some really, really beautiful shots and that kind of shared experience with comedy, comedy and horror are kind yeah. of good shared experiences so um, I'm going to go 4.5 just because I think I would probably enjoy to see it on a big screen for the shared experience yeah the amount of times they show like Mamma Mia at a cinema I was like just show this once come on like, <laughs> yeah because they're doing a, or they have probably done already Mamma Mia Mamma Mia sing-alongs Mamma yeah. Mia 2 sing-alongs mm. um, I'd like to see the Prince Charles mm. um, we saw True I saw True Romance for the first time in Prince Charles like a couple of years ago and I was like I like the. I really like the film beforehand, but when watching with other people, I was like, "Shit, this is fucking brilliant!" Actually, yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure they'd probably do a quote along for this, wouldn't they? Yeah, probably. Yeah. That'd be really fun. That'd be great. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't think. Uh, so I'm going to give it a low and going to give it a four um, because I think not necessarily for the vistas, but for the shared viewing experience, as myself and Hannah talk about quite often. I think that it would be really yeah. it would add a lot to the film um, to see it with other people who are fans of it. That film wasn't a film, it was Scrubs, the episode of Scrubs <laughs> where um, Carla's boyfriend... Turk. Um, Turk no, yeah. Um, her brother gives him the When Harry Met Sally speech right. to read out to Carla and she's not impressed. I there mean, we go, resolved. We go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Scrubs uh, was a good sitcom. Yeah, we've talked about that one. Scrubs. Sorry? I think it's basically... Brooklyn Nine-Nine kind of has a lot of scrubs in it. But anyway, that's oh, a different conversation. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> yeah, there was... I'd, I'd, I'd be interested to watch that now because it was all Zach Brath with... It was, well... At the beginning. No, John C. McGinley was the, was the other kind of yeah. tour de force, yeah. wasn't he? So. Yeah. I, I think it has a lot in with the community of the surrealness as well. Mm. Sorry, yeah. Me draw, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Back to all, scores. Back to scores. Uh, engagement score. I Jay. mean, for me, it is a it is a five because I don't know if it's the runtime or the the way that it's done. It's so you know you go from the car into the restaurant into the next restaurant. Like everything's in these nice little segmented, clear, easy scenes. Mm. There's none of this kind of cutting and backing and front. It's it's so easy to just keep walking. And I, I totally agree with you. Like they're like your friends. And you could just sit there and just, oh yeah, Nick's is a bit weird. And yeah, so I was 100% engaged both times I watched it. So five, sorry. <laughs> um, this comes with a little story. The third time ago that I watched this. <laughs> very specific, I like this story already. <laughs> um, I think I was ill or just at home on my own. And I started watching it. And quite often if I start watching something that I think Jay won't like, um, we're a couple, by the way, for anyone who doesn't know. Um, I will stop it and go, oh, maybe Jay will actually like this. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, or I'll choose to watch stuff I don't think he'll like when I'm on my own. Mm. And then if if it looks good, actually, I'll, I'll stop it and go, actually, we'll watch that together and watch something else that looks a bit naff. And, um, <laughs> or at least naff in Jay's eyes. Um, but yeah, so I did that with this three watches ago. And I was like, yeah, I'll stop it in a minute. I'll, yeah, just I'll just wait for this bit and then I'll stop it. And I couldn't. I watched the whole thing, so I think I've got to give it a five. Joe's <laughs> oh, <Jay's> first five. <laughs> Helen, I think you know the answer to this. It's it's a five, exactly what you say, Jay. And there's nothing in it that you'd cut if you were to do a, a recut. Everything there serves the purpose that it's there for. Yeah, and it's it's. It's just really fun to watch mm. and you can give an hour and a half to it 
easily. And yeah, I just really like this film. I too am going for a five. Whoa. Oh my. Um, That's... I was in two minds as to whether to watch it again. before. Oh, before... To watch it. Are you going to let me tell the story? <laughs> <laughs> Now, <laughs> I was in two minds whether to watch because I was like properly pushed for time in the moment, and I thought I know this film inside and out. But I'll go, I'll just watch the first ten minutes just to refresh my memory about the because I really like the first scene again. And I was like, I can't put this down. I have to like watch it all to the end, which meant like going to bed late last night and waking up a bit early this morning to, to finish watching it off, um, which is testament to the film. Um, I've seen the 20 minutes, I need to see the next 20, I need to see the bit where he yeah. does the, have we, uh, and I need to see the rest <laughs> of the bit, I need to see the pecan pie bit, I need to see, you know, all these kind of things. Um, yeah, loved it. So five, so this gives us an overall score and I think potentially this could, this could be, be a new winner. A new winner. 4.78. Oh, that's, that's uh, this is it, isn't it? Is 4.78. Let's just top? see. Should Go there be on. a drum roll? Bring, 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 bring. What we're doing in the shadows is 4.71. We have a new, a new winner. winner. Wow. 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 I was not expecting that. <laughs> I was half expecting it. Yeah. What, short <laughs> film. Classic 80s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. It's like we yeah. need to the brothers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Well done. That, that, what we you do get in the shadows have, You get to have some un- jelly babies. Unbeaten for, what, over, over a, year. a year? Yeah, well over a year. Yeah, well over a year, so... Um, I mean, I would put what we're doing in the shadows high, but that's fine. I mean, it's testament to how awesome Taika Waititi's film is, because mm, I yeah. love that, yeah. Also, this is like 4, 30, 4, 30. Nearly 30 years old. 1989. I think it's the... that enjoying aspect of it. Yeah. Um, what we do in the shadows, love it to bits, although I haven't watched it much recently. Will it still enjoy in 30 it's not years' Netflix, time? They took it off Netflix, they didn't off, they? Yeah. But will it enjoy in 30 years' time is, mm. the, is, the, is the test. And this is, you know, it's got... When Harry Met has got 0.06 on it because it's endured 30 years. But do you <laughs> think and that, it's still on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> but do you think that's also because, like I mentioned since Simpsons earlier, like... So much that you know The cultural about. impact of, like, from knowing it, from probably hearing about the scene from someone, you know, oh, she does this thing where she orgasms. Like you said, when you're a 15-year-old boy, you kind of, oh, I see... And then The Simpsons doing, and you just know about it so much. And then so you have this endearing love and stuff, whereas what we do in the shadows hasn't had anything, apart from other Taika Waititi films, to kind of keep that cultural impact going, apart from the people that watch it. And kind of an underground hit, really, isn't mm. it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah just, I still think not enough people have seen that film. No, exactly, yeah. yeah. But there was, um, I think when we scored it, I did score it because in a way that there are some people I know just would not get on with it yeah. in, in yeah. any way, shape or form, even though it's the format, clearly brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, the sandwich joke probably wouldn't go down. Whereas <laughs> this sandwich joke would go down quite well. So it's down. different different sandwich jokes. Yeah. Right, <laughs> should we be the barometer for all films. <laughs> yeah. How many sandwich jokes does it have? <laughs> so we reached out to Twitter before um, before recording and we did have a very substantial response from this one. We all say we're reviewing the name of the film with George Cash in this case. Tell us your thoughts for an on-air shout-out on Flixwatcher. Give us a five-star review and, yeah, a short review. So, Joe, do you want to take this first one? Sure. Um, so the con- contrarians say the uh, the real love story is between Carrie Fisher and Bruno Kirby. Five out of five restaurant orgasms. I like the way people are getting... Yeah, they're really getting into this. They're getting very, yeah. Yeah. It's good. Uh, Jay. So, Gidget Von Leroux, I don't know why I gave it a little (laughs) thing there, has just put perfect romantic comedy and then the little gif of them at Chinese restaurant and can't fault it. So, five out of five, which I think we've established here. Yeah, Helen. Um, This is from Retro Ramble Blog. Um... Previous guest, yeah. Uh, one of the best rom-coms ever made. Practically timeless with great support from Carrie Fisher and Bruno Kirby. Five pecan pies. Yeah. Nice. Joe, do you want to say the next one? Sure. Um, so uh, Amanda's Pick Show A Go-Go, great name, um, say four and a half stars. It's arguably the, be- the best rom-com ever made and I can watch it over and over. It's also a movie I quote constantly. I do this bit every Thanksgiving. Does this mean I have to do the voice? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I don't know if I can do it. 
I would like a piece of your pecan pie. Helen. The next one is from Top Film Tip. Couple are drawn together and pushed apart by the notion that paragender platonicism is slash isn't a myth. Orgasmic comedy. Character... Is it character? Yeah. yeah. Character-led high tide of honesty and hilarity from before movie humour dropped into the toilet. And has he done that there? One, two, I think it's four. Four out of five for that one. That is in-depth. Yeah. We've got three more guys, so uh, one more each for you guys. Uh, Joe? Uh, so, what were they thinking? Uh, said, four stars, really great writing, amazing chemistry between the leads. Yeah, totally. Jay? Uh, Death by Film Podcast said, I'm also chiming in to say it's a perfect rom-com, five stars. The perfect rom-com. Uh, the? Helen, no, no I'm, I'm, just, I'm just elaborating on yeah. Death by Film. Um, and Helen. So this is uh, Shitegeist, Shitegeist Pod. Caught it this week on Netflix for the first time. Charming rom-com with great chemistry between the leads. Shout out to Billy Crystal's dodgy wig and sideburns at the start. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they also went for the pies. Uh, four pies. Nice. Nice. So well, a, a lot of love there. Yeah. And uh, echoes what we guys, what we said here in this pod booth. Um, can you tell us where we can find you online for all our listeners? You can find us at Jodgecast on Twitter and Instagram. Um, we are also on all the usual podcast channels like apple Podcasts and spotify and also on podbean at jodgecast pod fantastic thank you very much thank you guys thanks for coming on bye well thanks guys for listening to flixwatcher podcast um please do come and find us online we're on twitter at flixwatcher pod come and visit our website flixwatcher.tv thank you so much to our fantastic editor brendan russell for his fantastic editing skills of course and to mighty people for the tunes you can hear right now